Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Hey, we're on the road this uh, week up in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah, we take our show on the road from time to time. Uh, you know, we come to you live in, in living color from the ATL, but had to get out of town to take care of some family business. Up celebrating uh, the wedding of uh, one of my nephews. Yeah, I had a great, great ceremony. We still live on the festivities. I, I'm just kind of fitting uh, the Hushville Black Forum in between times. You know we do. We got to uh, we got to serve our uh, audience. It's August 16th, 2014. Uh, this year, needless to say, is is in our rearview mirror. You might say it's this thing has disappeared on us here. Uh, got a great show coming for you. We're only going to be out there about an hour tonight. We are kind of doing a uh, abbreviated version of the Hirschville Black Forum this evening because we are on the road celebrating such a festive occasion. Hirschbowlblack.com, and you can uh, get to my face page from there. We're going to post some of the wedding uh, pictures up there. Uh, and you can also follow the Hushmo Black Forum live uh, from our website, hushmoblack.com. What we do, we advocate for social justice on behalf of Americans of Africa, in a sense. Not because we don't like everybody, we love everybody. Uh, just by extension, uh, we advocate uh, on behalf of uh, that community. We're part of that community. But we love everybody. We want to let you know that. Justice for all is what we advocate for. Uh, our motto is to do it bigger, to do it longer, to do it better, and out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Uh, we come to you over Blog Talk Radio, just a fabulous uh, medium for uh, getting your point across. Uh, yeah, we've been out here on Blog Talk now for about, I don't know, five years since 2008. Going on six years here. Yeah, we uh, so enjoy being with you all every every uh Every Saturday we come to you uh, from 7 to 9 here on Blog Talk uh, Radio. You, know, you can go to blogtalk.com forward slash dash You can find us there. Uh, there's several ways to keep in touch with us. Hey, like I said, we've got a great show coming up, even though it is going to be abbreviated. We're uh, going to try to cram a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in. Hey, uh so much is going on in the world, y'all. Uh, this world is 
sickness in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's a trying time. Seems like this big old ball we uh, inhabit uh, is about to blow up on us. I want to get a couple of things out the way here uh, before we get into uh, the meat and potatoes of our show this evening. I want to pay our respects to uh, two of my favorite attendants uh, who passed this week. We normally uh, uh, want to send our condolences out to the families of uh, Robin Williams and uh, Lauren Bacall. Two great, great entertainers. I mean, I've been following Lauren Bacall since I was a kid. I've been 50, 60 years. She's been around. Just a great, great actress. A great presence. On, a great screen presence. And of course, Robin Williams, a great, great comedian. And and the action. I mean, nothing this guy can do. I can send our out to uh, their families. Uh, we truly enjoyed uh, their uh, work and entertainment uh, that they provided over the years. Uh, wow, yeah. This this thing uh, in Ferguson, Missouri, has taken on a life of its own here. Michael Brown shot by police there in Ferguson, Missouri, last Saturday. Uh, Rats in the streets, policemen uh, armed in riot gear, uh, camouflage, riding on tanks, riding on tanks with machine guns mounted on top. The scene the scene Wednesday night from Ferguson, Missouri was uh nothing scary, uh. It was nothing short of frightening. You thought just looking at CNN that uh you were watching something from uh the gospel and Israel rolled uh, rolled through that thing with tanks blazing. Here a few days ago, this had all the markings of uh, had all the markings of uh, of some war torn uh, a country here. This is the United States, y'all, Ferguson, Missouri, where uh, the police and I, I'm, I'm with Melissa Harris, uh, Perry on this. Uh, what happened uh, in Ferguson, Missouri, was nothing short of terrorism by the government. <laughs> oh, yeah, the police department. Police is a function of the government, yeah. What happened there in Ferguson, Missouri, was nothing short of government terrorism. Uh, nothing short of that. Uh, anytime you start guessing the citizens from the top of military tanks dressed in camouflage, military camouflage outfits, you're talking about uh, a military action. You're talking about a military action against the citizens of uh, the United States here. That's what happened there in uh, Ferguson, Missouri. That was nothing short of uh, state terrorism, yeah? 
we've been experiencing it for a long time, American Baptists have been experiencing uh, this type of uh, behavior for a long, long time. Now, it uh, died down, had died down, thought it was uh, behind us until this president, until this black president came into office, and all of a sudden all of the racists uh, came back out the closet again. They came back out the closet, yeah. And racism is front and center. Hey, my new book, I write about it. Now, before all this stuff started, I started writing this book in 2010, Racism and Hate, an American Reality, where I uh, drew a collection of documents, uh, uh, assays, uh, and other reported historical uh, events over the course of some 200 years, mainly uh, from uh, 1865 forward, where I uh, show a picture of uh, racism uh, and the negative impact that it has had on uh, the lives of Americans of African descent and the country uh, uh, at large and the population at large. I mean, just because we were the victims of racism, we were not the only one affected by it. The entire population was affected by it the uh, uh, separate equal Jim Crow laws that uh, so injured uh, millions of uh, Americans of African descent and it's come back to roost today because what you have is an economic and, uh, uh, disparity brought on by uh, the discriminatory laws of uh, the state. And when I say state, I mean the state governments in the South and uh, the federal government. The state government of the South and the federal government had separate equal laws that uh, deprived millions of Americans of African descent of their 14th Amendment uh, protections. This, this, this occurred and happened over a period of some hundred years after the 14th Amendment uh, uh, was uh, enacted there in uh, 1868. Our 14th Amendment rights were uh, compromised, and all that stuff was codified by Plessy, the uh, 1896 law of Plessy versus Ferguson. Yeah. That thing wasn't just about uh, removing Homer Plessy out of uh, some uh, train down in Louisiana. That thing effectively took away 14th Amendment protections of millions of Americans of African descent. And that thing stayed in place. Plessy uh, and the separate equal Jim Crow laws stayed in place in this country until uh, 1954, when Brown versus Board of Education set that thing apart. That thing was not just about school integration. That was not just about school integration. Brown, people don't realize, Brown was uh, about much more than just school integration. Oh, no. It was about restoring 14th Amendment protections that had been taken away from America's African descent for some 90 years uh, here in this country. So we, we, when we, in my book, <coughs> Racism and Hate, and I want y'all to get a copy of it, go to hushmoblack.com, my website, and you can uh, find a link there uh, to my book. Uh, it's a big, big uh, 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 I do a whole chapter in there on 
reparation. Now, most people, when they, uh, most black people, when they think of reparation, they tend to uh, think of slavery, <clears throat> which no doubt is the uh, very genesis of uh, racism, slavery itself, the period of chattel uh, slavery that we uh, underwent here in this country. But my argument, and, and, and it's somewhat of a new paradigm, my argument for reparation has has to do with uh, 14th Amendment uh, violations that the separate equal laws uh, put in place. Uh, everything from real estate to uh, discrimination in the workplace to uh, uh, discrimination in public facilities to just uh, you name it. And uh, everything that, uh, uh, that those laws done uh, was detrimental and injurious to Americans of African descent. We here today now uh, with this black president all that stuff is coming to the forefront because uh, these people would rather uh, uh, the racist. And I, in my book Racism and Hate, I tend to still today in the country there is over uh, some 30% uh, uh, racist. That's a big number. That's a big number, y'all. If you if you talking about there's a thirty percent of people in the country who don't like like the president just because of his color, you're talking about sixty seventy million people who's railing against this guy uh, for no other reason and having nothing to do with uh, his policy. Having nothing to do with his policies, uh, y'all, and that's what's going on in the country today. And racism cuts across all, um, all, all of society. It cuts across all of society, uh, including the government. Including the government. That's why you have a polarized, do nothing, do nothing Congress here. That uh, uh, can't uh, govern the country because they are dead uh, uh, set on uh, uh, causing this president uh, to fail. They are dead set on causing the president to fail, and they don't care. They don't care whether they uh, drag the country uh, down with them. It's almost, it, I've never seen anything quite like it, although I write about racism and uh, uh, the equal Jim Crow laws uh, in this country. I have never seen anything quite like uh, what's going on here today, mainly because we've never had a black president and felt the vitriol uh, um, of uh, uh, some of the whites in this country today, uh, like we uh, are experiencing here today. Uh, but y'all, uh, this stuff uh, has got to come to the end, y'all. We have got America's African descent. We have got to demand from uh, this government, the federal government, first of all, and, and get back to Ferguson, Missouri. That's another reason uh, uh, states uh, people uh, 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 talking about some states' rights, some tips. Lost their rights uh, fighting a civil war that caused some 600,000 people to die. They lost some of those rights uh, because of uh, 
uh, uh, uh, uh, uh, terrorism they uh, uh, heaped upon their own citizens, the Jim Crow laws being one, but slavery. Yeah, they lost they lost some of those rights uh, because of their actions, uh, uh, because of uh, them not protecting. Uh, the rights of their citizens in that bloody war, y'all. That civil war changed a lot of uh, states' uh, rights, as you uh, uh, like to uh, to uh, oh yeah, uh, we got states' rights. We gonna do this. With, uh, you lost your states' rights when you uh, in the civil war when you enslaved uh, some ninety uh, percent of. Uh, 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 the African people that was uh, brought to this country, you lost your uh, some of your rights to uh, be uh, independent. Thirteenth, uh, Fourteenth, and Fifteenth Amendment uh, took uh, uh, took care of that. The Third, Fourteenth, and Fifteenth Amendments. Uh, after that Civil War, after six hundred thousand Americans, black and white, died uh, that war. <laughs> oh yeah, it wouldn't be uh, yeah. Americans had in that war. Uh, the state of the Union lost some uh, their state's uh, autonomy. Oh no doubt. Oh no. Someone uh, start talking to you about states' rights. Remind them that uh, states uh, forfeited a lot of their uh, rights uh, uh, after that war <laughs> because they uh, they uh, didn't protect their citizens. They didn't protect their citizens. Uh, it's as simple as that. Government who don't protect humblest uh, of citizens need to be reformed or replaced immediately. Uh, so uh, so said uh, Douglas back in 1883 uh, after he found himself uh, lamenting on uh, the state of affairs there some uh, 20 years after the Civil War was over. Uh, he was caught up in this political Purgatory, as I put it, uh, uh, being uh, separate equal Jim Crow uh, laws that uh, had uh, just about gutted uh, the 14th Amendment, had gutted the very protection that uh, some 600,000 people had died to, uh, to win. Yeah, so we... we uh, we talk about it in our book. Uh, we talk about it in our book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Y'all check it out. Hey, my Facebook friends, what's up? Hey, we're getting a little uh, late start here getting to you, but y'all uh, <laughs> uh, tune in to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we come to you every Saturday from 7 to 9 uh, p.m. Uh, we advocate for social justice on behalf of America's African descent. Uh, just because we happen to be part of that community, and by extension, we find ourselves uh, find ourselves uh, 
advocating on their behalf. And Lord knows our community need all the advocacy we can get. Uh, <laughs> if anybody's keeping up with the news, uh, uh, it's it's uh, pretty uh, obvious that uh, we still got a long way to go in this country in terms of race relations and all this stuff, y'all. All this stuff go right back to the fact that. Uh, Deceptive and equal laws deprived and injured uh, America's sent from the very beginning of their newfound freedom after that Civil War, starting with uh, the uh, denial of uh, that 46 million acres of property that was set aside in the Southern Homestead Act of 1866, starting with them shedding the government down rather than allow the newly freed people access to that land. That 1866 Southern Homestead Act stayed on our books, the books of Congress, for some 10 years, y'all. And those people, through the separate equal laws and the rebellious uh, attitudes of uh, the South, they prevented uh, the newly freed blacks from acquiring that property. They rail against that act for 10 solid years, y'all, uh, refusing to move any legislation up there in that Congress, much like as what's going on today uh, happened back then. With the Affordable Care Act here today, that uh, dissension against uh, the Southern Homestead Act was Ten times worse. Pribed, uh my people, America's Rackness said, right here in Georgia. My family right here in Georgia. They deprived uh, my family from acquiring that property uh, with the racist uh, uh, separate equal laws. They repealed that law, the Southern Homestead Act, in uh, 1876, y'all, and returned 43 million acres to the federal government, undistributed to the newly freed black folks. They returned 43 million acres of the 46 million that had been set aside uh, expressly for uh, those newly freed Americans' uh, 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 access to uh, some real estate. And the Southern Homestead Act didn't just come about. It came about because of Abraham Lincoln and the radical Republicans uh, at that time uh, had been uh, uh, consulting with the abolitionists and other leaders of the day about how best to assimilate, uh, after the war was over, how best to assimilate uh, some five million uh, newly freed Americans into the society. They told them, including Frederick Douglass meeting with Abraham Lincoln, they, t- they told them they need three things, y'all. The newly freed uh, 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 Americans would need three things. They need, first, education. 85 to 90% of them was illiterate. It was against the law to teach them to read. They would need education. They would need uh, 
access to some real estate and they would need access to some amount of capital. In other words, they would need to be reparated in a small way to better uh, assimilate into this uh, society. I mean, these people had an intrinsic value before the war of, you know, to the state of Georgia, some $315 million taxable dollars to the state of Georgia, the 500,000 slaves in Georgia. George collecting over $300 million a year on those uh, slaves. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were considered property. State of Georgia was collecting over $300 million, y'all. So the, so the slaves had value, not only to the slave owners. Now, this is not value to the slave owners. These were, um, it was the most valueless piece of property uh, in the, the South's uh, formulation of uh, their uh, uh, economic system there, y'all. That slave was everything from collateral to the workforce. <laughs> Collateral for uh, uh, dollars to run their enterprises and provided 95% of the work uh, there. So they were the most valuable piece of uh, property in the in the state in the state of Georgia. Now I, I follow my family's history uh, in Georgia over 200 years. Y'all, my family go back to Georgia to uh, my great great grandfather's mother was born in Troop County. In 1784, some three years before the Constitution was completed, y'all. So we, we're indigenous to the country. The slave owners that uh, own my family uh, came here to this country from England, from Ireland and Scotland. Uh, they was all mixed up, y'all. But they got here around uh, 1850, uh, uh, 1856, some 20 years before the Revolutionary War. The folks that own my family in LaGrange, Georgia, that guy fought in the uh, Revolutionary War. So I got the property in LaGrange because he was a revolutionary uh, veteran. So when uh, Troop County uh, started up in 1827, here Mr. James Cameron, he uh, uh, came to town with seven or eight slaves. My family. <laughs> My family. Uh, in 1827, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, I was one of the early uh, uh, pioneers of uh, Troop County, Georgia, y'all. That's LaGrange, uh, Georgia, for y'all who don't know anything about the state of Georgia. That's, you uh, may have uh, heard of LaGrange. That's where uh, my family is from, where uh, the Camerons, the Cameron, uh, the Black Cameron clan uh, is from, uh, for the most part, I mean. They took their names after the white Cameron's who uh, was their uh, suitors back then. But yeah, we go back a long, long ways. Our history in this country uh, go back before the country uh, had, uh, before uh, the country of the United States of America was formed. We was there when they wrote the Constitution, when they wrote the the uh, Articles of Confederation, when they wrote the Declaration of Independence, my people were here. We were here. We're indigenous to uh, this new state uh, of America, United States of America. 
we was here uh, during and before its uh, formation. We're not immigrants to it. We're not immigrants to the country. We might be immigrants to uh, North America, but we're not immigrants to uh, the United States of America. We was here during its uh, formation, y'all. We, uh, 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 our problem over the years has been that uh, every, uh, uh, well, Besides being slaves, our our problem here in this country, uh, uh, for the most part, that uh, we've been marginalized uh, here uh, after uh, the Civil War to no end. We've been marginalized and grouped in with other uh, every other minority uh, in the country. And every other minority in the country uh, wasn't a part of the separate equal laws that so defined uh, America's African descent and injured uh, America's African descent. When the affirmative action laws came along, affirmative action laws came along, and uh, after Brown, after Brown set aside Plessy, those affirmative action laws came along in the 18, uh, 1960s that uh, Lyndon Johnson signed. Those things. Uh, they, uh, uh, once again, people start railing against uh, the government's actions uh, on behalf of uh, America's African descent. People uh, start railing and jumping up and down about it. So in order to appease uh, that anger, uh, the government decided to create about nine different minority groups in the affirmative action uh, 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 laws that went in place there in the 1960s, 1964, uh, they grouped Americans of African descent in with about eight or nine other minority groups, including white women, including white women was placed uh, in a minority uh, uh, status. And when the government started uh, uh, divvying out uh, uh, stipends, if you will, for uh, being a minority and being handicapped by that status, uh, white women got all of uh, affirmative action dollars. Since 1964, white women has got over 75% of the affirmative action dollars doled out in this country, white women. They're the biggest number. If you're going to put them as a minority, they make up over 50% of the population. (laughs) And, and blacks in their entirety, men, women, and child, make up something like uh, uh, 13%. We're at a serious disadvantage, y'all. We're at a serious, serious disadvantage when it comes to uh, trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, collect on some kind of uh, <laughs> uh, minority thing, uh, affirmative action dollars and all that stuff. We got beat uh, uh, beat up on that uh, in that little uh, scheme, y'all. That's all it was—a scheme. Uh, uh, uh. So, uh, uh, remedy for the injuries that we suffered for some hundred years after uh, the Civil War is reparations. We were due financial reparations in 1954 when Brown finally set aside Plessy. When Brown finally set aside Plessy in 1954, Thurgood Marshall and his legal team had every right to put in the court on behalf 
half of millions of Americans of African descent who have been injured by the separate equal laws had every right to petition that court. They didn't do it. They didn't do it for a variety of reasons, one of them being uh, the pressure exerted on them not to do so, not to petition the court for financial reparation on uh, behalf of America's African descent because that would further, they contended, incite racial unrest uh, in the country. (laughs) Now, this is 1954, y'all. After we had won that battle, remember the NAACP had been fighting uh, that war against plastic for some 20 years at that time. They had been fighting for and bringing lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit uh, to overturn plastic. Finally happened, y'all, 1954. Everybody, because the lawsuit Brown versus uh, uh, Topeka, Kansas, I believe it was, that lawsuit, happened to be uh, about uh, integrating uh, schools uh, that had at its core 14th Amendment uh, violations, protections. If you're not, if you don't, if you don't have equal uh, uh, accommodations under the separate equal junk, uh, your 14th Amendment rights uh, uh, has been uh, compromised. And that's what that law said. Brown said that, yeah, uh, the separate equal laws that had been codified by Plessy for, in 1954 for the last 60 years, since 1896, was it inherently unequal and injurious uh, to the people who uh, suffered under them. Yeah, so, so, and they couldn't just set aside uh, part of it couldn't be just narrowly defined as some part of uh, 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 <laughs> uh, whatever they was trying to do, trying to just carve it out, trying to just carve uh, uh, some niche out of uh, a plessy and say that oh yeah, uh, we just going to allow you to go forward and integrate uh, on a social level the schools. Oh, no, couldn't do that because Plessy codified all of the separate equal Jim Crow laws dealing with uh, uh, real estate uh, restrictions, dealing with uh, discrimination in the workplace, dealing with uh, uh, facilities being uh, closed to uh, of uh, uh, the citizenry. That thing, that thing set aside all of that. So when Brown set aside all of it, all of that stuff came tumbling down. Now we we they didn't just institute every they didn't just take everything off the books right away. Uh, they had to go through a process. Part of that process was a civil rights of marches that had to occur from 1954 to the 60s when they were still killing black folks in the south when they were still killing uh, black folks and hanging them. Uh, in this country, uh, we had to march in the streets to uh, get the course to even institute the uh, 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 laws that uh, Brown uh, uh, overturned to institute the remedies for the Fourteenth uh, Amendment protection that had been uh, taken away under the separate equal law. We we had to march in the street to get the government to move on that thing. It's crazy, y'all. Uh, it is crazy. We uh, today, 
contend that this Justice Department, we need to be, Americans African descent, need to be uh, getting a petition together, sending it up to Eric Holder, having him look at uh, a petition in the court for, on behalf of Americans of African descent, born prior to 1954, uh, uh, for those uh, reparations, y'all. It's not too late. Oh, no. Uh-uh. There's no... Uh, statute of limitation on genocide there is not a statute of limitation on genocide y'all and that's exactly what separate equal in this country was about nothing short of genocide where hundreds of blacks was murdered uh, much like michael brown there in ferguson uh, missouri much like michael brown in ferguson missouri here last week y'all that was nothing but cold, uh, calculated murder uh, in the first degree. That's what that was. And, and it's happening all too. Uh, uh, I thought that uh, the guy being strangled to death up in New York a couple of weeks ago was uh, one of the most vicious things I've seen in this Michael Brown case uh, rivals that. It rivals that case, y'all. <laughs> Shoot, y'all don't know. Hey, y'all, uh, we 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 ain't gonna be out here, <laughs> but a short uh, time this evening, y'all. Uh, this is such a crazy time. We wanna uh, we right in the middle of a wedding reception here, so we're not <laughs> we we we're gonna do an hour. We're gonna do an hour, y'all, and try to cut it off. Uh, we just wanted to hat. We had to get out here for an hour this evening to uh, weigh in on this uh, Michael Brown thing and what's going on with the police over there in uh, Ferguson, Missouri, uh, or what's not going on with it. Nobody, uh, for one thing, have control of it. And uh, this ain't all uh, about just people or racism. Uh, the blacks, uh, uh, we, we've got some uh, kissing up to do here in terms of our uh, uh political uh, uh, prowess, I guess, if you if you will. We, we, we got to, uh, the NAACP need to be camped out in Ferguson, Missouri, on a registration drive that will last until every eligible single uh, American vacuums in that town is registered to vote. Until every single American of African descent in Ferguson, Missouri, is registered to vote, and we gotta make sure and help those people over there get to the polls and educate them on the importance of the political process here in this country. You cannot have a town that's seventy percent black and have a police force that's ninety-nine percent white. It's crazy, and uh. The political system from the mirror to the uh, council members to be 99% white, that, that's a remedy for what happened over there uh, this past week in Ferguson. That's a remedy for it, y'all. If, you're gonna, if you as a majority is going to sit by idly and not take advantage of your uh, – now, a lot of that uh, – now, hey – you know they used to have poll tax and all kind of other schemes to keep uh, to keep uh, blacks from voting. Uh, 
Now, we we got to make sure ain't none of that stuff still going on. Because, you know, I, we got we got a there's a reason that that's that's scary to think that uh we today in 2014 would allow ourselves to be uh uh subjected to uh this type of uh inhumane uh treatment yeah? uh this uh type of inhumane treatment where you've got a uh you got a situation where uh the majority is uh, being uh, brutalized by a minority uh, uh, in this uh, in this uh, little town. It looks eerily eerily like uh, the apartheid uh, system they had in uh, South Africa. There, y'all. This thing, <laughs> that that town, that thing looks eerily like. Uh, uh, the apartheid system that they had in uh, South Africa. Hey, y'all, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here. We're going to be right back to close this thing out. Like I said, we're only going to do an hour here tonight on this, but this story is going to be with us for a while, y'all. And and not only this, uh, this particular story, but uh, other stories like it. Because racism is alive and well, y'all. Racism is alive and well in this country. And I, uh, for one, uh, I believe one of the things that the federal government can do and need to be doing, this president need to be doing, having his Justice Department look into decriminalizing marijuana. Now, surely there are several states who decriminalized it and made it legal for recreational use. The federal government, the federal government need to decriminalize marijuana. That would take, that would, I, you know, I, I would I believe that that would keep over 50 to 60 percent of young black males out of the criminal justice system. Just that one act of decriminalizing marijuana now I don't I, I don't advocate for legalizing uh, up until this point uh, or not, but looking at what's going on here, looking at the uh, prison industrial complex, and looking at the millions of uh, black uh, young men who's uh, caught up in it, and the overwhelming majority of those young black males get involved in that criminal justice system. Cause of uh, the street drugs, marijuana. We got a the president and his uh, uh, Department of Justice need to take a hard, a long, hard look at that because what uh, the, this legal uh, uh, system here in this country is doing a makes no sense, y'all. It makes no sense. Uh, it's scary, y'all. Hey, y'all, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. Got me the hush, Mo. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace. 
uh, men to be gunned down unarmed uh, for no uh, uh, for no reason. We we can't. That's scary. Hey, they they uh, cutting off. They can't the genocide. Hey, we're talking about a genocide occurring some four thousand miles away on this mountaintop in uh, Iraq, y'all. It's genocide. The president's talking about genocide in Iraq. There's genocide right here in this country if we continue to allow uh, government, the state, to uh, kill off uh, our young black male. That's not, it's genocide, y'all. And they wonder why the people, the citizens out in Ferguson are mad when unemployment is double in their community uh, than it is the next white community next door, uh, the uh, unemployment in uh, our community is double or triple that of white America. And it all has to do with the separate equal laws that was put in place uh, after the Civil War was over that injured uh, millions of Americans of African descent financially. Up and down, y'all. Up and down the spectrum. Uh, from the denial of real estate. You could even buy... Hey, not only was... Uh, when the, uh, the Civil War was... Uh, black people was broke, poor, illiterate, and uh, didn't have a, a dime. Uh, they couldn't even buy when they scraped up... When they scraped up money, enough uh, money to buy property, they couldn't even buy the property of their choice. They couldn't even buy property. They had restrictions. Uh, that was backed up by the state refusing to sell uh, certain properties to uh, uh, anyone of African descent. Imagine how convenient that was to jury, uh, gerrymandering the political districts uh, here in Georgia. Imagine how convenient that little, uh, those restrictions were. Imagine, y'all. <laughs> Imagine how convenient... It was for the gerrymandering of congressional districts here in the state of Georgia when you could restrict uh, the sale of that property or uh, real estate to anyone of African descent. Because I, I, as far as I know, you can restrict the sale of that property to anyone who uh, but Americans of African descent. That's what. Uh, my uh, research uh, and the property that I live on today, y'all, had such a restriction on it. It's in my book, y'all. Go check my book out, Racism and Hate, an American Reality. Uh, I talk about uh, the land that I live on today. I had a restriction I put on, placed on it back in 1925. Had a restriction put on it that the state of Georgia upheld and honored. Not just my property, all a lot of property uh, here in the state uh, that the state of Georgia held those restrictions. Hey, it's no wonder people are mad. It's no wonder people are mad. This country could have did the right thing starting out there in 1866 with that Southern Homestead Act, y'all. 
They they had the right idea. They had it down. I mean, uh, 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 they knew exactly what would be needed to assimilate, but because of racism, y'all, because of racism, uh, that didn't happen. The white people was afraid that if they were to allow those black people to acquire that land, they would lose all of their cheap labor. Their cheap labor was gone. They refused to do that. Yet, yet, they refused at the same time to allow them to assimilate into uh, white society. They refused to allow them to assimilate fully into white society. So there you go, black folks stuck again. Damn if they do and damn if they don't. They didn't want the people to leave and then didn't want them to go. Didn't want them to stay in the society and didn't want them to leave out of the society. Uh, you're talking about a catch-22. <laughs> you're talking about a real catch-22 here, y'all. <laughs> Where we were damn if we did, damn if we don't. Uh, started in 1866 with that. I, I contend today that that was the biggest, biggest uh, hindrance of uh, our inability to uh, achieve some kind of economic parity was the denial of that uh, 46 million acres. Hey, had my family got a hold to that land, I mean, it was cut that stuff up in 180 uh, acre plots, yeah. 180 acres, you know, uh, they uh, estimate now, they look back at it, say, had blacks obtained maybe 30 million acres of that 46 million, it would have housed or two and a half million ex-slaves could have lived on uh, uh, that property. That property would have supported uh, uh, some two and a half million of those slaves out of white society, out of uh, uh, independently uh, uh, taking care of themselves there, y'all. They had all the skills, skills necessary uh, in an agricultural uh, environment, which is what the South was. I mean, you're talking about clearing the fields of timber, selling the timber, planting the soil, doing all that stuff. Blacks did all that. They did every, my family did every, had 95% of the skilled jobs here in Georgia, y'all, in 1865 when that war was over. They could have very well uh, 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 prospered from uh, acquisition of that uh, uh, land, y'all. And then here comes Booker T. White, forming Tuskegee and former Tuskegee University in 18... uh, 81, and that's what he was all about. He was all about uh, creating a small farm, teaching black folks how to uh, be independent uh, on their own. But by the time uh, Booker T. Walker came along looking for land, uh, the blacks, they had revealed the law, revealed the Southern Homestead law, and there was no land for them. See that that's the, that's the craziness of that thing. T. Y. 
uh, had those blacks got that land, that land been available to them, they would lose uh, their uh, precious uh, uh, labor and their footstools. So they weren't about to let those blacks, blacks get out of control. They would lose control of those blacks. Sometimes called them. They lose a uh, that was set aside for our study in the Sunstead Act of 1866. It's the single biggest cause of uh, where we're today in terms of uh, economic inequality between the uh, here in this country. That That's just about going to do it for the uh, Hushville Black Forum for uh, this uh, August 16th. Yeah. We're going to be right back out here next week, August 23rd, uh, to to, uh, to further our discussion here about uh, uh, where we're at in terms of uh, race relations and racism and uh, the uh, genocide of uh, our black males uh, here in this country is so uh, so important, you know. So we, we're gonna we're gonna like I said, we're only gonna be out here for this uh, this first hour this evening. We're gonna do a we we hopefully we might do a, a show uh, sometime during the week because this thing is pressing, you know. This conversation is desperately needed, and we definitely got to be a part of it. We definitely have to be a part of the conversation of today. We can't let, uh, we can't just uh, sit idly by and be what the conversation is about. We can't be just the people that the conversation is about. We have to be part of uh, the conversation, y'all. And that's what we uh, uh, do out here on the Hushmo Black Forum. We are uh, uh, demanding to be a part of. Uh, the conversation when, it, uh, when uh, they're, uh, they're talking about this economic inequality and all this rest of this crazy stuff that's going on here. We have to get involved. Yeah. That's going to do it tonight. I, I hate to cut this thing short tonight, but uh, we're going to have to. Uh, until next week, y'all. Uh, ciao. The Hushmo Black Forum. Advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.